Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test based in Annapolis, Maryland. Reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Salome Palmer. Salome Palmer is the director of Gordon College's Heritage Program. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. I'm really excited for our guest today. Uh, we have Salome Palmer, who's a recent graduate of Gordon College and is the director of the new Heritage Summer Program for high school students there. Salome, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So Salome, I'm interested in, in chatting with you for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is because you are actually a graduate. Uh, of Mars Hill Academy, which it seems like every year they win, like we, we do these school <laughs> rankings based on CLT scores. And every year it seems like Mars Hill is number one. So they must be doing something pretty something amazing. right. Um, yeah. So tell us about like your experience with classical Christian education growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's interesting. My journey with classical Christian education didn't go all the way through. Uh, I actually went to public school uh, up until seventh grade and enjoyed my time there for the most part. You know, a lot of creative thinking, uh, group projects, a lot of resources available came from a pretty strong public school system. And then I think what happens with with a lot of families now is that as as your children are beginning to to grow older, you're you're sensing just this clash between mm. what the the values at home that are being taught and then what you're sending them away to uh, for really most of their day to to be formed. And mm. my parents just felt that that burden on them. Do you, do you feel like you that. experienced that even as a mm. seventh grader of seeing like this disconnect? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember asking one of my teachers uh, in the public school system if we ever were going to learn grammar, because that was such a such a value in my home. And then the my my teacher looked at me, she said, oh, nobody learns that anymore. Oh, my. Okay, (laughs) great. (laughs) But definitely felt that and felt that in the transition, even from my own uh, experience between between the sixth and seventh grade huge difference. I mean, not only did my yeah. class go from, you know, 900 to 12, but I was in this totally new environment uh, of learning. So you, you went into Mars Hill then not, not like kicking and screaming, but you were, you were kind of embracing this. Is that accurate? I mean, there was a little bit of kicking and screaming, <laughs> <laughs> but I think more than that, I was so intrigued and it looked so different. It just looked so different. Everything from the way that our our building was designed, you know, at Mars Hill is beautiful, um, to the way that we began each day with singing from the Psalms and yeah. oh, so the classroom discussion. Everything was just completely a, a 180 from where I was coming from. It's so hard to even imagine. And I went to public school K-12, but to imagine starting every day singing the Psalms 
during such a formative time in your mm-hmm. life. I mean, that, that really shapes you. It gets kind of in your, in your marrow at that point. Yeah, it does. And I mean, especially the act of singing and memorizing and that, you know, mm-hmm. that daily liturgy, if you will, of what that does, you're, you're writing scripture on your heart in a way that you can never mm-hmm. forget. Really well said, very powerful. Um, so let me, let's kind of talk through the timeline here. So you, because a lot of students, they'll go to a classical Christian high school or K-12 and they'll kind of say, done this, been there, had a lot of the classical Christian thing. I want to go to the big state school. I want to experience big SEC football or whatever. Um, you very much kind of continued this kind of education by going to Gordon for four years. But was there a, a, an interest in, was that a hard decision or did you just kind of know like, I want to keep diving into this tradition, learning more here. Or were you also looking at the Penn States and whatnot? Yeah, so I was pretty set on majoring in in biblical studies and music. Mm-hmm. And so that really did narrow my college search to, to the Christian College University. Okay, yeah. There. But I really was uh, so attracted to Gordon for, for a couple of reasons. Um, I think that the the young adult time time frame of development, 18 to 22, you're still so young mm. and you're still being formed. Um, and so I was really looking for a place that, you know, even, even above their academics, which were really important to me, that they held fast to a mission and a set of Christian values that I could trust myself. Uh, to be formed by. And that's what really drew me to Gordon to begin with. You know, our um, our, our founding mission is to prepare the people of God for the work of God. And from the moment I visited campus, really through my time here, really felt that to be so, true. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Man. Do, you, do you feel like that the heads of school at these, you know, K-12, these secondary classical Christian schools, um, should they be more vocal in encouraging students to maybe really consider uh, a place like Gordon or a place like, you know, Dallas Baptist or Cedarville, some of these really passionately Christian colleges? Um, in my experience, they, they've been fairly hands off. I'm always surprised when I toured these schools, a big chunk of the graduating class, they, they do go to places, you know, especially places like Texas A&M, uh, where my sister went. I don't want to bash these schools, Right. But I, I, I love Abilene Christian. I love Dallas Baptist. I love the University of Dallas. Great, uh, passionately Christian options as well. But what do you feel like the role of a, of a college counselor or a head of school should be in encouraging families to give a place like Gordon a fair look? Hmm. That's that's a tough question. I do think that I'll, I'll switch it a little bit and answer it from the <laughs> higher ed piece. Okay. And say that I think that the burden of uh, Christian higher ed right now is actually, it's on them in some ways to continue uh, this this educational philosophy Mm. that, you know, we're seeing now the classical Christian movement growing exponentially across America and even internationally, right? And so how are we taking these 18-year-olds who have just been so ingrained in how to think well and express themselves eloquently and persuasively and how do we actually continue that on where it's not it's not a rinse and repeat right it's not that okay here you want to just repeat everything that you just did but actually situate them within a 
formative context that that is actually going to continue to to press them into the community and the culture around them, but within an environment where they will continue to themselves grow up in in the knowledge and love of the Lord. I think it's just the most important. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit about kind of your time uh, at Gordon. You majored in, in in music and biblical studies. Is that right? And comparative literature. Oh, like a, a triple major? Triple major, yes. Oh, would not recommend amazing. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, and it sounds like a great experience. And then you started actually working with admissions when you were still an undergraduate. Is that accurate? Yeah, I worked in the office. Uh, we have an office here called uh, Office of Academic Initiatives. And so I think when I was a sophomore, I began working kind of on just some of the front lines of these conversations of what programs are we offering as as a college how are we engaging with you know all these trends in higher ed like I'm online learning Mm. and things like that so really getting to be a part of some of these uh, bigger and deeper conversations within education I love that so a couple weeks ago I was on campus uh, with Katie Prefontaine here uh, from CLT and there was this really cool moment actually when we were all together there in the admissions room because I was hearing for the first time about this heritage summer program, which sounded like next level amazing. And um, I remember asking, I was like, who's, whose brainchild was this? And everybody in the room pointed at you, which was really cool because I said, wait a second, but, but Salome just graduated. And they're like, oh, she was still a student when she came up with this idea. Um, and it's been like wildly successful. Like the first year I know you, you maxed out, had a wait list, you had 40 students, um, and I, I think you're expanding it, but tell us a little bit about, and by the way, amazing, congratulations on coming with an awesome program for young people as a college student, um, but tell us some details here about this, this heritage program, um, and is it still open for this year? Is it already waitlisted? And mm. Yeah, so, oh, a, a bunch there to, to unpack, so <laughs> uh, I'll start kind of with the the idea concept of of heritage. And really that was uh, birthed kind of from my own reflecting on both the the mission of classical Christian education and then my own experience um, going going through that seven, seven through 12. And I think just one of the most beautiful things about classical education that I keep coming back to is that it it mirrors the development and growth of a human being, right? So you have like your grammar, your logic, your rhetoric stages that that match up with where we're headed uh, and growing into as people. And it really presents this beautiful uh, counter-cultural image of human flourishing, right? That we are as God's image bearers created for so much more than oftentimes what we end up settling for. Uh, and very well said classical ed does a, I think such a beautiful job of, of engaging that on, on a head level of, okay, what are we thinking? What are we reading? What are we studying? Um, and I was just really fascinated by this idea that, that is also being pursued by, um, other, other classical schools. I know SEL is doing a lot in this in terms of, okay, there's so much more to, ourselves than just our heads, <laughs> that we're, we have this image of kind of the, the head, the heart, and the hands of how do we engage our, our whole selves in kind of reawakening our imagination for the kingdom. And so 
that's where that's where the idea really got got started here of how do we pair pair these three things together? How do we make a statement or, or a signpost, if you will, uh, to to the world around us, to the educational communities around us that, hey, what what you love is important. What you do with your hands is important. How it's not just what you think. You can think well, but how do you also live well? And living well is done outside of you know just just the school day. There's so much more to that. And so we started kind of exploring how do we how do we take these high school students in this beautiful time in their lives where they're being taught so many wonderful things, and and push them further into kind of the application of what it means to to pursue human holistic flourishing across uh, a number of different areas. So you, I've heard you speak about, and I, I don't know that I've heard this language a whole lot before, but, but you, when you're describing the program, you, you've used this term, the common arts. Is that accurate? That's and right. About mm-hmm. Things like, like pottery, mm-hmm. right? Why don't we hear more about the common arts in the classical Christian and classical renewal movement? I think we're starting to. I think we're really kind of on the threshold of of bringing those back. <laughs> um, and what we kind of talk about as common arts, you know, Chris Hall just published a book through Classical Academic Press. It's called uh, Common Arts Education, and it really goes back to uh, many uh, medieval thinkers. Actually, Hugh of Saint Victor is kind of mm-hmm. one of the first thinkers who really talks about how even within our education systems, we need to be uh, teaching students. He, he goes, arm, he talks about armament and um, gardening and carpentry and a lot of what we might think of as uh, hand, yeah, handcrafts, craftsmanship, and that those are the the term common arts is how they've typically been been referred to, uh, but that those are actually when you when you strip them down, those are essential elements of what it's what it means to be mm. human. You need to actually grow your food. You need to eat. You need to uh, build things, and that just there are these very practical measures of of bringing ourselves back to kind of this embodied living here. I, Wendell Berry talks about that. It's, it's I was about to say, I get the sense yeah. you read a lot of Wendell Berry. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Okay. It's, it's really beautiful. And it, it all sounds very Benedictine as well. You know, that, that instead of having like your, all your time is focused in study or it's all focused gardening, but there's a healthy mix and that, that the virtues kind of grow in proportion. Is that Yeah, and that they're informed by one another, I would say, too, that there's something about the the act of gardening that helps us understand who we are, who helps us understand who God is, and that gives us gives us a framework even Hmm. for for learning in general, I would I would go so far as to say that the process of you know patiently preparing the soil and planting seeds that you have to tend very regularly, right? As we do with our own souls, and then that pruning is such an important part of of yielding a fruitful harvest. And you can't get to the you can't get to the harvest unless you've done the pruning beforehand. And how do we, how do we start thinking about these, you know, heavier questions of, 
of loss and suffering and how is God working through my pain to actually see this as something that is so much more beautiful than we can yet comprehend. Speaking of heavy questions, Lomi, I, I have, I'm, I'm realizing as I get more into this podcast arena, you've got to have like the really loaded, heavy, uh, uncomfortable questions because those help with the downloads, you know? And that's right, right. So, <laughs> oh, no. Okay, okay. so here, here's the question. Uh, when I connect directly with P- CLT test takers and their parents, um, and, and when I watch where these students are going every year, um, I'm seeing two things. They're saying the same thing. They're going to, and they're excited about the colleges um, that are really passionate, in some ways kind of uncompromising about their Christian identity. Uh, I think there's a frustration with, with some parents feeling like some of our, our historic Christian colleges in the U.S. Uh, have compromised on kind of some some key issues. Um, I'm wondering, and Gordon is in a unique situation, partly because you're in, you know, kind of the most, maybe not least Christian part of the country being up there in New England. Um, well, tell us about kind of the ongoing Christian commitment identity uh, of Gordon College. And I know I know in some ways, because I know there's so much enthusiasm from uh, our friends over at the Society uh, for Classical Learning, uh, Aaron Cook, Keith Nix, Leslie Miller, um, that there is a lot to be excited about. But tell our, our audience about kind of the ongoing Christian commitment uh, of Gordon. Mm. This is what I would say to, to that question right there. Um, being a Christian in New England is hard. Mm-hmm. And yet... So many of us, whether it's here in the the Christian institution realm or in local churches, really sense that the Lord is is on the move here, Uh, just like the Great Awakening started here, right? I mean, there's so much that starts here in New England um, that is so empowering and beautiful for, for the gospel. And I think that Gordon actually allows students to encounter the roots of their faith in quite a unique way in being with within New England that you you have to actually be a real Christian there's no there's no cultural Christianity it's <laughs> yeah. so it's so anti the culture that you actually uh. have to believe and live out what what you say that you do or else you just you're not going to survive <laughs> yeah. and I think that the college here is is built with so many wonderful faculty, staff, students, families that that do hold on to their Christian identity. And so there's there's this community here that is so, so rooted and yet has to be in so many. And you're you're always gonna hear Gordon in the news in terms of, you know, on, on these issues, these, these culture, these hot button uh, topics, because because that's what the culture is demanding. They, they want us to show up. They want to actually see if we are who we say that we are. And I think that's a really emboldening place to, to land and to grow. Fantastic. Um, tell us kind of, kind of uh, nuts and bolts details here, uh, heritage program. Yeah. Um, students can, they, and I believe that this is like four, I keep saying four credits, like the number four, you get four. college credits, which you most do. number of programs I know of, it's actually usually one, sometimes it's two. Y'all are offering uh, the heritage program, students get four credits. Uh, tell us about that. And are those easily transferable if they didn't end up uh, matriculating to Gordon as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great questions. So kind of the, 
the nuts and bolts uh, <laughs> of the heritage program. It's a week-long residency here on Gordon's campus last week of July. And the week itself is actually also set up as a college course. And so in order for you to maximize the time that you spend here with your cohort on campus, we ask you to uh, do a set of pre-readings beforehand, along with a few assignments to really prepare your heart and your mind for kind of the, the things that we're going to be talking about while you're here. There's nothing academically about <laughs> the week itself other than your full-hearted participation. So that's really where these creative oh, and common okay. arts come into play. Like you are doing the things that you've been thinking about now. Mm. And then uh, on the uh, other end, there's a final project that gets introduced during the week itself. And you have about a week to complete that. And yes, all of that goes towards four college credits, which are transferable to, to any institution. They're most transferable to a liberal arts institution. You can actually apply them towards a degree of some kind, but four credits are four credits. So you'll get issued a, a Gordon transcript that you can then, you know, uh, download wherever you end up deciding to go to college. But yeah, it's for rising sophomores through mm -hmm. seniors. Okay, and what what is the price point if you could for the program? Yeah, so the price point is eleven fifty for the entire week, and that's including the four college credits, all transportation, uh, okay. room and board, all of that. That is good because typically, like just college credits would be about that or more. It's really a steal when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's twenty percent of what, what it normally would be for, for an undergraduate. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me, so we always end here, uh, the anchor podcast talking about books. Um, so the book that has been maybe most formative for you, maybe it's a book that you come back to and read, uh, over and over again. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the the book that I keep coming back to, uh, is Andy Crouch's book, Culture Making. Oh yeah. Okay. And he, he sets up this, this thesis, if you will, that, okay, what does it mean for the church to engage with culture in a way that doesn't diminish our witness by either, mm. you know, copying what the culture is doing, condemning it, or, or saying it's okay, condoning it, but mm -hmm. uh, that actually the way that we interact with culture is by um, creating kingdom culture mm -hmm. for the values and the habits uh, uh, and expectations within our societies are actually in line with the kingdom of God. And I think that's so beautiful because it forces us to think outside of just ourselves uh, and forces us to really think how, how are we engaging and witnessing to the community around us? Uh, that's, you know, it's growing disillusioned with truth, beauty, mm -hmm. and goodness. Um, but we get to play a part in, in reconciling the world back to God. And so how do we do that by actually creating culture? I think there's a lot of hope yeah. in me. That's why I keep coming back to it. Yeah. It's, it's so encouraging. Um, well, so let me, I, I've got to tell you, I, I often repeat, you know, internally here at CLT that I really think uh, the best kind of argument for classical Christian education um, is simply meeting the young people that have had them. Um, kind of education. Uh, and as a, as a graduate of Mars Hill and now Gordon, um, thank you for your work. Thank you for being a, a light to the world. 
And I, I hear as well, you're going to be at, at a Society for Classical Learning and ACCS this summer. Uh, and so definitely say hi to uh, Salome from Gordon if you're going to be there as well. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.